You know what? No. Oh, shit. <laughs> what? No, no. It's okay. not like that. I was gonna tell you. Um, you know what I really love about this movie? What? That I tried... That I... <laughs> that they tried to make a grown-ass woman look like she was a teenager by making her wear a black bra with a white t-shirt. And also the bra doesn't fit her. Uh, we have the TV playing. No, 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 don't tell, don't tell what it is. And the movie that it's playing is... Don't tell them. Why can't I tell them? Because they can guess. But what if they've never seen the movie before? Then go watch the movie. <laughs> Should we give... I'll give you a hint. Jensen Ackles plays in it. Jensen Ackles doesn't play in a whole lot of movies. Exactly. Hint. There you go, since you won't let me say the thing. Jensen Ackles is a fine specimen. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Hello, my beauties. <laughs> what? Hello, and welcome back to Hunting Legends. I am Sue Host, Lauren Garcia. This is Sue Host. Me. Say your real name. Gabby. <laughs> Here, have a Reese's as a reward. <laughs> and today we are going to have a Mjergery episode. Mjergery. Uh, both fact and fiction. Yes. Uh, who's going first? I don't know. <laughs> Who went first last, last time? Who went first last time? We did this one last time. Um, I think... I really don't know who went you first. You went first. Oh, I did, didn't I? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So you go first this time. Okay. So I am covering this week H.H. Holmes. And I didn't go, like, too far into it because I already knew off the top of my head quite a bit about H.H. Holmes. But it's we're not going to go too in-depth. I'll just... You, I'll just... Go. You. I'll just tell you the stuff. Okay. Get on. H.H. Holmes was born Herman Webster Mudgett to Levi Horton Mudgett and Theodate Page Price. I'm not sure if that's an actual name. <laughs> but there but. you go. But, but, but. He was born on May 16th, 1861 in Gilmanton, New Hampshire. Um, and he was the middle of five siblings, the older being his older sister and brother, Ellen and Arthur, and then a younger brother and sister as well, named Henry and Mary. He, <laughs> he confessed Excuse later me? in his life to 27 murders, but only nine are confirmed, and I'll tell you more about those 27 confessions later, but we're just going to talk about his life for right now. Um, after he graduated um, high school when he was 16, he married Clara Lovering on July 4th, 1860. Nope. <laughs> 1878. And they had a son together named Robert Lovering Mudgett, who was born in February um, two years later. <laughs> but their marriage was abusive, and Clara, they, they were living in... In... They were, I don't know, they were living somewhere else, but she moved back home in 1884 with her kid. I want to say I'm sorry. I almost dropped my Reese's. And that's why I kind of yelled. <laughs> I just trucked on ahead. I, I know. 
Okay. Um, he enrolled in the University of Vermont for a year whenever he was 18, but he didn't like the way that things were run, so he stopped going and he um, later enrolled in the University of Michigan in the Department of Medicine and Surgery, which he graduated from in 1884. He moved to Moors, Moors, it's spelled moo like a cow, ers, Forks, New York, where he had allegedly been seen with a boy who had disappeared. He was like supposedly the last person to be seen with this boy who disappeared. Hmm. And I don't doubt that that's a fact. So the people were talking about it. He had to leave town. He moved to Philadelphia. He worked for a few days. It said, in like everywhere I looked, a few days, quote unquote, at a hospital. <laughs> What, like two, three? I don't know. And then he quit that and um, started working at a drugstore. But a child there died after taking medicine that he, like, handled or whatever. So he had to leave again. Um, <laughs> in 1818, 18, I keep wanting to say 1860 something. 1886, he married Myrta Belcap. Nope. Belknap. What? Yes. Say that again? Myrta Belknap. In Minneapolis, while he was still married to his first wife, Clara. A couple weeks after their marriage, the second marriage, he tried to file for divorce, citing infidelity on Clara's part, but the um, allegations couldn't be proved, so eventually it was just dismissed. Damn. Wait, so he's still married? Yeah, so he's married to two people now. Damn. Um, what is that called? Mono... Mono... I don't know. No, it's um, not mono, it's po po polygamy? polygamy. Yeah. Yes. Accidental polygamy. <laughs> um, he had a daughter with her purpose. named Lucy Theodate Holmes, who was born in July of 1889. Um, just before moving to Chicago, he changed his name to Henry Howard Holmes. And then he moved to Chicago in August of 1886. Hmm. Um, there, pretty much immediately, he came across this drugstore owned by a woman named Elizabeth Horton. Holton, not Horton. Holton. Horton cares who. Um, and he started working for her. And it, it, uh, by all accounts, he was like a hard worker and they liked him. And he eventually um, bought the store from her and her husband. And um, Like without any No, yeah, tricks? without any... Um, it was later alleged that he murdered her and her husband and that they were like frail old people, but... Her husband was only a year older than Holmes, and they got along by all means. Oh, okay. And they actually, there are records that they later died of old age in Chicago or something. But um, he bought the drugstore from them, and he also with he also bought a lot across the street from the drugstore, which would later come to be known as the murder, the murder castle. castle. There he started construction on a two-story mixed building, which means it has um, apartments on the second floor and retail space on the bottom floor. And he, um, whenever the World's Fair was, he, the whole thing is about the World's Fair. The World's Fair is, I think it was officially called the World's Columbian Expedition. Mm -hmm. um, the World's Fair was coming to town, so they knew in the next few years that there was going to be an increase, an influx in... Um, what's it called? Economy. So he told his investors 
that he was going to add a third floor to use as a hotel during the World's Fair, but it was never actually completed. Hmm. Um, the whole thing about that was that he kept, like, stealing and hiding supplies from the construction guys, so eventually nobody wanted to work with him. <laughs> well, I can imagine. And there's this last little note about his life before we get into the murders. Murder. He married uh, a woman named Georgiana Yoke in January of 19, 1894, while still married to both Myrta and Clara. So there's three now. Yes. But wait, Clara's back at home. What's Myrta doing? She left him too, I think. Okay. And then now, here and comes now the third one. And now there's Georgiana. What... Is I don't it know. Third don't time's know. a charm or something? I Wait, what what do these women all look like? I don't know, but but before we get into this, I should let you know H.H. H. Holmes was a handsome guy. Was he? Yeah. He had a nice mustache and he had nice eyes. I'm not gonna lie, he's a handsome guy. <laughs> and like one of his whole like shticks was that he would seduce women and murder them. Eventually, later in his life, whenever he got tired of them. And we'll get into that in just a second. Alright. Okay. So, of the nine confirmed murders, I'm not going to go into any of the unconfirmed murders, because it was literally that he was just naming people that he knew to say that he murdered them, and it was later found out that they were still alive. So he was basically just bullshitting most of that. What? Is this dude, like... A, a, like a path, a pathological liar, is that it? Probably. Okay. Go on, continue. Okay. Um, the first confirmed murder of his, the first two, in 19, not 19, 1891. I'm sorry, I'm a little dyslexic with numbers. Uh, in 1891, this woman, um, Julia Connor, and her husband, Ned, and their daughter, Pearl, moved into the apartments. Murder castle. In the murder castle. And um, Julia started having a romantic relationship with Holmes. And eventually her husband left her because of it. He left (laughs) her and her daughter there at the hotel. I'm going to be honest with you. I thought you were fixing to say her husband started a relationship with him as well. (laughs) Oh my god, what a twist. Um... Anyway, no, he left her and their daughter there at the at the hotel, at the apartment. And um, after that, she tells Holmes that she's pregnant with his child. So he offers to give her an abortion. She and her daughter are never seen after that alleged surgery. Ooh. Um, their, their bodies were never found. I don't think anything of them was ever found. There was a piece of cloth from a dress that Pearl used to wear that was found, I believe. Mm-hmm. But there was no other substantial evidence besides the fact that this was the truth, that people knew she had gotten pregnant with his child and he was going to do an abortion on her, and then after that, she was never seen again. Oh, so he was doing the abortion. Yeah. Okay, I thought you meant, like, pay for the abortion. No, no, no. no he was going to do it. Um, Emmeline Sigrand, I, I don't know how to pronounce her last name, in 1892... There, his um, partner, Ben Peitzel, had told Holmes about this beautiful woman who was a bookkeeper or something in some other town. So he sent her a letter and asked her to come work for him in Chicago and that he would pay for, like, 
her her fare on the bus or whatever the hell and get her over there and like put her up or something. Yeah. So she went and he, she became his personal secretary, and um, almost immediately whenever she got there, he began seducing her. Literally right after Julia, he killed Julia and her daughter. Mm-hmm. He began seducing her and convinced her that he was English royalty and proposed to her. But for some reason, something, I don't, I didn't look it up and I don't remember exactly, but something happened and she ended up in the airtight vault. Holmes in his office in, I don't remember if it was in the drugstore or the murder castle, but in his personal office in one of his buildings, he had installed an airtight vault, which he would later use to imprison people until they suffocated to death. And Emmeline is one of the people who died in the air temple. Okay, the next year. (laughs) That's my face is making many ugliness. (laughs) Many ugliness. Okay, okay. I gotta, I gotta go through this. Okay. Okay. Because it's just, it just goes down from go, 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 go downhill from here. (laughs) It's gonna get worse. Okay. Um, the next year in 1893. He meets this woman named Minnie, Minnie Williams, and she and her sister were actually orphans, but they were taken in by their relatives in Texas who owned this really big prophetess? Propaganda. Prosperous. Prosperous ranch. And so she had a very big inheritance of property and stuff in Texas. So he began seducing her and proposed marriage to her when she moved to Chicago to live with him. But her sister tried to get her to slow down and be like, uh, something's not right here, her sister Anna. And um, so they allegedly get married. There's no record of them actually being married in the Cook County um, records. So that makes four, technically. There's no record of them actually being married. He says that they, they, that they were married. But there's no record of the marriage certificate in Cook County where they would have gotten married. So, quote-unquote for. Quote-unquote for. And um, after they were married, quote-unquote, she he had her transfer all of her assets to an alias that was his. It, it was something like Alberto something or other, something with an A, Alexander or something. It was, he had her transfer all of her assets to this dude, which ended up being an alias of his. Mm -hmm. So she transferred it to him inadvertently. And eventually he got bored of her and he moved her to another apartment close by. Excuse me. Yeah. And eventually he got tired of her and Anna. So he murdered Anna by locking her in the airtight vault. Holy shit. So that makes two that he murdered in the airtight vault? And he lured Minnie back to the hotel to kill her. And supposedly, I, re- I think I remember hearing this on last podcast, but I'm not entirely sure. I think that he killed Anna first in the airtight vault, and then he got rid of her and brought Minnie back to the hotel. Mm-hmm. And killed her in the airtight vault as well. Hmm. And she knew whenever she was sitting in it that he had done it before because the floor was warm. From body heat. Yeah. Something like that. I may have made that up in my head, but I think I heard that on last podcast on the left. 
Okay. And then um, ah, the last four. Okay. The thing with him and Ben Peitzel, his accomplice, was that they were they would, were constantly pulling um, insurance frauds and schemes like that. And Holmes had actually failed an insurance fraud scheme where he attempted his to fake his own murder, but it didn't work out because the insurance company got suspicious and, and they refused to pay. Alive. Yeah. So um, Ben Peitzel, Benjamin Peitzel, his partner, offered to do the same kind of stunt where he faked his own death. And they um, fudged all these records that he was a scientist or something, and they went to this lab where he was going to supposedly burn in a lab fire, but Holmes was supposed to replace his his actual body, his, him physically, with a cadaver. But at, I don't know if... I don't, I don't know. I just don't know if Holmes was planning this the entire time or if it was a spur-of-the-moment thing. But he actually killed Ben Peitzel by setting him on fire with benzene. Mm-hmm. And it was said that he knocked him out with chloroform first and then set him on fire. But... but- a later autopsy revealed that the chloroform was administered after he was dead. What? How does that make sense? Okay. How are you gonna chloroform a dead body? <laughs> it was it was found that the chloroform was administered after death, and it was supposed that um, Holmes administered it via injection or something to make it seem like um, a suicide or something. Or an accidental suicide. I don't know. But yeah, he set a guy on fire. And he chloroformed the dead body. Yeah. Um, but this time it actually went through because it was his actual body. Yeah. yeah. Um, they were supposed to claim something like $10,000, which is a lot of money back then. A lot, a lot of money. I was supposed to look that up, but I didn't. Um... It was something like $10,000, and he was supposed to split it between himself and Ben Peitzel's wife, who he would eventually reunite with later. And his wife doesn't know what's going on this entire time. Mm -hmm. So, after killing him, he went to Peitzel's widow and had her, he, like, made her travel across the fucking country, saying, oh, I'm going to reunite you with your husband and all this stuff. And somehow he ends up with custody, quote-unquote, of three of her five children, so he's traveling with three of her children. She's with her two other children. And he's moving them all around, trying to, like, convince them of something or other. I don't know what the fuck he's doing. But there was this really sad fact is that she was in this city, and he was telling her that the kids were away in some other state whenever they were literally, like, blocks away from each other. Yeah. And what happens is that... He eventually murders all three of these children. There were two girls, Alice and Nellie, and then um, a younger boy, Howard Peitzel. He murders the girls by locking them in a trunk and drilling a hole in the top so that he can pump gas into the trunk. The girls' bodies were found by the police in a house that he, uh, I think it said it was a house in Toronto that they had lived in. Howard's body was never recovered. Teeth and bone matter were found 
of his in the chimney of a cottage that Holmes rented. So he burned his body? Yeah. No. He, um... He, um... He killed Howard with drugs and dismembered his body with a knife and burned the pieces in the chimney. He was brought to trial and convicted for the murder of Ben Peitzel because... I don't remember. And it's it's widely thought that he would have been convicted of the children's murders as well because there was actual evidence, but they wanted to just get it over with and hang him because they he, they had gotten the conviction and they didn't want any more to waste any more time. Yeah. They wanted him dead. So they want he to was, string him up. He was hung pretty quickly after that on May seventh, eighteen ninety six. And his last request, his only request, was what? that his body be buried ten feet deep and his casket be encased in cement so that nobody could defile his body the way he had defiled others' bodies. Get me a shovel and a sledgehammer. I will rip apart your decomposing body. I added this last little note at the very end to make you all happy, to kind of give you a little reprieve from this shit show. When they hung him, his neck did not break. Ooh, so he hung there? He, he strangled, strangled to death for 20 minutes. That does that does give me a bit of a reprieve. I'm not sure about you guys. But that is kind of a nail in the casket sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Where he did all this shit to torture all these people, and he... Even though he was sentenced to death and everything. It was supposed that one of his schemes was that he would, like, acquire dead bodies from places, from, like, morgues and shit, and sell the bodies and the skeletons to, um, medical schools and stuff, because it was illegal to do that then. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm It was illegal to have cadavers or something like that. It was illegal to perform, I, I don't know. It, it was it was illegal. So it was he illegal would sell to defile to the, the dead body to the schools and the hospitals and stuff under the radar, and that was one of his schemes. Yeah, and it said that he his last request was to be encased in cement so that people couldn't do that to his own body. And I think one of the things that he was worried about was that they would dig him up and um, autopsy his brain because he's a serial killer. Yeah, that'd be normal. Um. The murder castle was teared down. It was torn down eventually. I don't know when, but I remember that there's actually like a post office there now, or something. Hmm. Yeah. There's something else there now, yeah. at least. I think it's a post office. Oh, excuse me. I'm all burpy. It's because I'm drinking coke instead of water. Yeah. I usually drink water whenever we record. Oh, um, he was also still married to all of his wives. Ew. Whenever he died. <laughs> well, at least they're not married anymore. Yeah. Well, so death do a fucking part, you fucking psycho. <laughs> um, yeah, that's all I got. Okay. Well, I guess it's a good thing I had the fictional one. <laughs> <laughs> Who I have. Oh, wait. Do you want me to try these um, snacks real quick while we're recording to get my gross reaction? Sure. I bought these snacks at the store. We went to get Halloween candy. And I saw these, and they're like cylindrical crackers. <laughs> cylindrical. <laughs> they're called stuffed snacks. They're like cylindrical crackers. They're supposed to taste like pepperoni pizza on the inside. And I wanted to try them, but I think they're going to be really gross. 
It smells kind of gross. Awesome. Okay, it looks like dog food. I've seen dog food that looks better than that. I'll try, try, I'll try one with you. Okay. Ready? The whole thing. Oh. oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's not bad. I don't think it's that bad. I think that's pretty good. It tastes like your childhood pizza on the inside. That was disgusting! I don't think it's that bad. That was the most disgusting thing that I've ever stuck in my mouth. And I won't say goat food. <laughs> Did you hear that? <laughs> Did it? It wasn't a penis that she stuck in her mouth. That was the grossest thing. It was goat food. But now it's this. But I think it's good. <laughs> it is disgusting! How can you like that? I don't want to taste that bad. Oh. The like, crunchy texture is confusing my mouth a little bit, but... I think it tastes good. Ugh, ugh, I hated it. It's like it's a, still in my mouth. Ugh. Like a crunchy pizza roll. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's disgusting. That's not bad. Also, shout out to, um, what is it? Texas Homestyle Popcorn? I don't know, you're the one that has the picture. <laughs> Hold on. We went, um yesterday to check out this like snack shop that sells um like gourmet homemade popcorn and candy and stuff yeah uh my headphones and it was so good we bought two bags of popcorn and some chocolate covered peanuts Texas Family Popcorn. It's yes. a little shop in um Abilene, Texas. I actually think shout out to them because she makes some badass shit. I actually think I'm not entirely sure, but I actually think she has an Austin base or something like that. I don't know. I there didn't... was a really nice older lady that was there, and she told she gave us the whole spiel, and she told us all the stuff, and it was great, and it was cute. Yeah, really and good products. We bought cinnamon toast popcorn that actually tastes like cinnamon toast. And we bought caramel popcorn that tastes really that good. That wasn't overly sweetened. Yes. And we bought chocolate-covered peanuts that were dipped, like... Five times in chocolate. <laughs> so much chocolate, and it's so good. A lot better than your pizza. What are they? Stuffed pizza snacks. That was disgusting. That was the most disgusting thing I've ever put in my mouth. Oh, uh, an official partner of NASCAR. Turn your sound off. Doesn't that make sense? Oh. I think they taste good. I don't think they taste good at all. Oh. I feel... <laughs> do you ever wonder... Like, those little tubes of, like, deworming stuff that you give dogs? I feel like I just took a tube of that. It was so disgusting. It you're did not taste like... It did not taste like pizza to me. It was disgusting. It tastes like... Like childhood pizza. No. I don't know what childhood you're thinking of. Like gross processed cheese and pepperoni. That's probably why I didn't like it. Anyway, but I like it. Ugh. 
All right. Now that we've gone through that disgusting note, <laughs> I have the fictional character. Get off your phone. Okay. <laughs> Who I have is Hannibal Lecter, Doctor Hannibal Lecter. Yes. From the book series created by I gotta scroll. Thomas Harris, including Red Dragon, Silence of the Lambs, Hannibal, and Hannibal Rising. That's in um, chronological order, the books. They were actually written in a different order, and um, they're pretty good standalone books. You don't really need to read one to understand the others. Yes. But... Ah. What am I sitting on? I'm sitting on my phone. Uh, Dr. Hannibal was written to be a respectable Baltimore forensic psychiatrist and a serial killer with a taste for human meat. And after being caught and incarcerated, he was a consultant a consultant for the FBI and assisted in finding serial killers. And this is all within the books. Was it multiple serial killers or just the one? Multiple. Okay. Uh... Thomas Harris... Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> no, Thomas Harris, the author... Uh, A very good writer. Yes. Uh, described Lecter as having eyes with maroon color reflecting lights in pinpoints of red and with white teeth that contrasts his dark, slicked-backed hair and he has a widow's peak. I'm Dracula. <laughs> Uh, Lecter is also written to have an excellent sense of smell and yeah. in Silence of the Lambs there's this scene that I wrote down uh, where he is able to identify the main detective Clarice, Clarice Starling is it Starling or is it? Starling Okay. Uh, she's able, he is able to identify her perfume through a small hole in a plexiglass window Oh no, in the book, it's actually like bars. It's not plexiglass like in the movie. Um, it's that she like sits down and opens her purse or whatever, and like a puff of air comes out of it, and he smells her perfume from that puff from her purse, because she didn't put any of the perfume on. Hmm. Uh, there are also other TV descriptors about how he's able to smell like Whenever a person has cancer or uh, rotten teeth or whatever. Weird. Yeah. Uh, like a dog. I'm not sure if that's in every of the books. I just know that's in some of the shows. Some of the movies that they made about him. Uh, in Silence of the Lambs, it, you may need to correct me on this. I got this off wiki. I didn't read I'm the books. I'm reading Silence of the Lambs right now. That's <laughs> yeah. why she's asking me. Uh, in Silence of the Lambs, uh, apparently it is revealed that Lecter has a condition in his left hand called pop pop. I looked this up so I could say it right, but oh, then I, I forgot. Oh, yeah. Polydactyly. Polydactyly. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mitty has six fingers. Yeah, he has a duplicate middle finger. The rarest form of the disease. Yes. Or the um, disorder. Wasn't it? Uh, the disorder is like, isn't it usually in the feet? Yeah. Yeah. You'll have like extra toes and whatnot. And uh, 
in the books, it actually describes Hannibal performing his own plastic surgeries and removing his own extra fingers. Weird. Uh, Lecter also has an eidetic memory and can relive his memories and relive the sensations of, like, what he felt, what he smelled in those memories and everything. Mm -hmm. Like, almost as if it were real life. Um, Yeah, it's a whole thing, if you watch Silence of the Lambs, it's a whole thing about how he... After he was um, caught, the families of the people he, like... Were, that were his patients all got got together and did this um, lawsuit where they made him destroy all of his records from his psychiatry sessions or whatever the hell. But he has an eidetic memory, so it's they would useless. have to destroy him to destroy the records. Yes. Okay. Um, in the books and movies and all the shows, Lecter is often described as a psychopath. That's not right. Sociopath or pure sociopath uh, because, quote, they don't know what else to call him and, quote, they don't have a name for what he is. These were written in the 90s, though. Yes. In, like, the 80s and 90s. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, And actually, in the book and in the show Hannibal, which is based off of the book Red Dragon, the main protagonist, Will Graham. Oh, Graham. Graham? Is it Graham? I don't entirely know. I don't know why there's the extra A and the H, but it's Graham. Well, I hear Graham, and I hear Graham kind of back and forth. I don't know. It's Graham. Okay. Uh, Calls Lecter a monster, putting an implication on that Lecter's mind is somehow incomplete. Er. He's the, oh. What? He's, mm. Are you reading my notes? No, I just know who he is in the books. Yeah. I, I mean, I know who he is in related to the show Hannibal. Who is he in related to the show Hannibal? He is Will Graham. 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 <laughs> it's Will Graham. What does he do? He. <laughs> in the show. Because I know, like, later in the story, and I don't know what he did before that. I know he was part of the FBI, wasn't he? Yes, he was a consulting detective, sort of. (laughs) He was Sherlock Holmes. Yes! (laughs) Except for psychotic. Uh, In Hannibal and Hannibal Rising, Lecter's pathology was explored. Uh, In the book, it explains that he was traumatized as a child when he witnessed the murder of his sister, murder and cannibalism of his sister, Mishka, in Lithuania in in the book's preference in 1944. And a group of... Stick with me. <laughs> what, is, what is that <laughs> word? Hilfswillagy. We're going to stick with that, which is German. It's German. We don't know. It it is what the Germans called uh, volunteer help in World War II. Cool. Uh, And one of of the group 
claimed that Lecter actually unwittingly took part in the eating of his sister, which... I mean... It's put in there so, like, maybe this is, like, the reason why. Uh, I don't know, dude. I don't know. It's weird. Cannibalism <laughs> uh, freaks me the fuck out. Continue. In media, Lecter portrays himself as brilliant, cultured, sophisticated, with a very refined taste in art, music, and especially food. Yeah. Uh, picky motherfucker. <laughs> uh, oftentimes, Lecter is depicted pairing, preparing meals from, from his, his victims, victims for his victims. For his victims. Uh, one of the most famous depictions that I found was whenever he ate a census taker's liver. <laughs> With some fava beans and a nice Chianti. <laughs> It's actually something different in the book. Is it? Yeah. It's like a different wine. Chianti is a wine, isn't it? Yeah. I don't fucking know. <laughs> We're it's not a different alcoholics. wine. Call Desi. I'm not saying that because she's an alcoholic. I'm saying that because she, she likes wine. She and our mom drink wine, so. Yes, she likes wine. Uh, Lecter is also deeply offended by rudeness, and in the books and even in films, he kills many of his victims because of their bad manners. Yeah. I remember in the first season of Hannibal, there was this part which they actually didn't add in the scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first victim of his that they put in the show, uh, he actually chose her because whenever she had, whenever he met her, she had blown a puff of cigarette smoke in his face, and so he killed her for it. Yes. And he ripped her lungs out and had her lungs for some dinner. There's also a thing in Silence of the Lambs in the movie when um, Clarice Miggs was a a psychotic whatever the fuck, I don't even know. He he throws semen on her. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, he sees it, so he calls her back, and he's like, I would have never had him do that to you. I absolutely abhor rudeness. And he convinces Miggs to swallow his own tongue because he was rude to Clarice. That's actually... I mean... I applaud. I applaud. But Miggs was, like, a complete psychopath. He was not able to take care of himself at all. Okay. Uh, this This is just what I know. I... I don't actually like the Silence of the Lambs. No, I'm the one who likes yeah. Silence of the Lambs. Uh, the thing that got me into like Hannibal Lecter and whatnot is the TV series Hannibal. I really like it's that so TV funny. series. so funny. We both like the same thing, but not for the same reasons yeah. or the same way. <laughs> and uh, I'm fixing to get into some of the this stuff. stuff. Uh, I already did tell you about the book series The Red Dragon, which was in ni- which was written and released in 1981, Silence of the Lambs in 1988, uh, Hannibal in 1999, and Hannibal Rising in 2006. Movies were made out of all of these, yeah. Yes. The film adaptations for these are include Manhunter in 1960. What? 1986, which was based off the Red Dragon. Oh, cool. That was before any of the other book. Yeah, and featured Brian Cox as Lecter, which Mm -hmm. I thought was pretty cool. Cool. But I've never seen the movie. Cool. 
then Silence of the Lambs in 1991, featuring Anthony Hopkins as Lecter. And Jodie Foster. Huh? She did a good job playing a terrible character, so... <laughs> uh, Hannibal in 2002, again with Anthony Hopkins uh, and... You know. What? 2001. 2001, I said 2002. And then Red Dragon in 2002, again with Anthony Hopkins. That was his little series with uh, Hannibal Lecter. And then uh, Hannibal Rising in 2007 with Gaspard Yulel? Yuliel? Yuliel? I don't know. Gaspard. Gaspard and Lisa. (laughs) Do you know what Gaspard and Lisa is? No. They're French rabbits. Oh, actually, (laughs) I think I know what you're talking about now. I think they're really cute. (laughs) Uh, Some the TV series include is the only one that I found is Hannibal, which aired three seasons in 2000 and from 2013. Yes, from 2013, and this one actually is more based off of the Red Dragon book, and it focuses on the relationship between the FBI profiler Will Graham. Who is played by played by Hugh D- D- Dancy? D- Dancy. Oh, I'm sorry. you're telling me not to read your notes, and I have to. Read I'm them sorry. For my mind tell you where to go. My mind is a little scrambled today. Keep going. Keep going. And Hannibal, uh, who is played by, I wrote this down so I could get his name right. Mass McKilson. Cool. Uh, is there a relationship between them? Yeah. What what does he fuck up in the end? Each other. <laughs> Wait, what? Is there a ship? Yeah. Oh. Oh, I'm gonna... Oh, okay, keep keep going. It, the ship is called Hanagram. <laughs> <laughs> keep going. Uh, uh, t- uh, author Thomas Harrison actually... Harris. Harris. I said Harrison, didn't I? Always add an extra letter. <laughs> Did not reveal his inspiration behind Lecter until mid-2013, uh, when Harrison was inspired... Harris! Harris was... Re- Harris revealed that he was inspired by a real-life doctor and murderer he had met when he was a 23-year-old reporter. In Monterey, Mexico. Yes. Uh, in the 1960s. My gosh. <laughs> the doctor, whom Harris only referred to as Dr. Salazar, was serving life for murdering a young man, cutting up his body, and storing the parts in small boxes. Uh, there was a whole thing about his story that he went to... In... In... in what is it called? I don't know what you're trying to say. <laughs> The other word for interrogate that reporters do. Investigate? Interview. Interview. <laughs> Interview. It's another interrogating. <laughs> well, depends on how you look at it. He went to interview another murderer, but met Dr. Salazar uh, at the same jail. Cool. Prison. Prison. Uh, Harris described Salazar, quote-unquote Salazar, as a, quote, small, little pale man with dark red hair, and also added in the interview that, quote, there was a certain intelligence and elegance about him. Uh, After that, that (laughs) uh, several investigative reporters traced back records and found that Dr. Salazar's real name was... Alfredo Bali Trevino. 
I believe I'm pronouncing it correctly. What, where is it? Alfredo Bali Trevino. Yeah. There's, yeah. <laughs> uh, the Actually, young... is he Mexican? Yes. In Spanish, the double L would be a Y. So it's Alfredo mm-hmm. Bali Trevino. I don't know. <laughs> Keep going. Uh, the young man whom he had murdered was actually a close friend and believed to be a lover named Jesus. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Take that back. What? Named Jesus. Okay, so Jesus was his lover. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> his name was Jesus Castillo Rangel. Uh, Trevino <laughs> was also suspected of killing and dismembering uh, several hitchhikers. I can read it! <laughs> then read. I want to know, I want to know. <laughs> read faster! <laughs> Trevino was also suspected in the killing and the dismemberment of several hitchhikers in the late 1950s and early 1960s. This is why I don't like doing notes on my laptop, because then you read it and try to rush me. Uh, initially, Trevino was condemned to death, but his sentence was commuted uh, to 20 years, 20 years in prison, and Trevino was actually released in 1981, what? and afterwards he continued to work as a physician until his death in 2009, and he died of natural causes. Okay. You straight up murdered him. Did he eat him? No. Okay, so he just... He chopped him up and he stored his body in little boxes. Did he keep his head so he could talk to it? Probably. Ew. No. 20 years. 20 years from murdering someone. Yeah. I've been alive longer than 20 years. And that is who Hannibal Lecter is based off of. What a psycho. Oh, I've got to tell you something that's probably going to hurt your ship. He Go ahead. mutilates Will later. Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Cool. <laughs> they make a whole thing about it in the show. I Personally, I've only been watching, like, one season of it. I've only watched one season of it because I, I just got into it and everything. Mm-hmm. And that was the reason why I wanted to do this subject for this one. Uh, but I... I I do know the spoilers for the other seasons. I do know basically what happens in the other seasons. And the reason why I like it so much is because I like uh, Mass McKielsen. I like him as an actor. He's a very good actor, in my opinion. Um, does it mention Jack Crawford? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, because he's the one that sends Will in there, isn't he? Yep. Uh, that's all that I have. There's this whole thing whenever he sends Clarice to go talk to Lecter that she's like, eh, because he had sent Will Graham in there and that happened to him. <laughs> yeah. That's a whole thing in the show, too. Like, he he sends Will into the field and tries to get all of these, like, gruesome murders, and then Hannibal comes in and makes him worse and tries to make him into, like, a murderer and everything. And then, uh, I don't know all details, but uh, whenever he, like, fails to do so, he tries to murder him. Hmm. Well. 
Were you haunted this week? <laughs> that is all that I have on Hannibal. Uh, Jensen Ackles. Oh my god, did you guys watch the the last um, first episode of Supernatural? The first episode of the last season of Supernatural that aired yesterday. It was... I've been watching Supernatural since I was a senior in high school. Yeah. That's probably why I'm feeling very nostalgic. It's been like five years. I know that's not as long as some people who've been in it for the long run, but... That's still a long time. Yeah. Um... Well... (laughs) If you guys just started listening in on this... Sorry! (laughs) Uh, I do hope you subscribe for more. I do hope you stick with us. Uh, we're going to be doing some stuff for Halloween. Oh yeah, we're going to be doing quite a bit of stuff. Fun for Halloween for I'm the Halloweeny some stuff days next week. <laughs> I'm so excited! Uh, if you've been with us, I hope you comment. I hope you spread this around like gonorrhea. <laughs> No. <laughs> uh, no, I don't. Not like that. No. No. More if you're like... going to spread it like that, maybe you shouldn't. But if you're going to spread it around like... What if spread you it to put your on podcasts while you were... Never mind. <laughs> yeah, don't finish that. Uh, anyway, I hope you Bye. all... I hope you all stay tuned next week for next week. Yes. Do you want to give a hint for next week? What are we doing next week? This one. Ooh, Lucifer. <laughs> Were you just gonna be like Satine? Satine? No. <laughs> uh, it's Lucifer. Also, stay tuned for the fun-sized episodes that will be airing in between the weeks, between the episodes, in between the big episodes. Yes. The semi-big episodes. Mm-hmm. Episodes. <laughs> Have you been haunted this week, Gabby? Um. Um, didn't something happen this week? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> we got distracted by the we, movie. We have a movie going. She's, she got distracted by it. Don't knock Sometimes, over your cup. Um, eyeball got stabbed out. <laughs> don't knock over your cup. There's another clue as to what movie is. What movie? <laughs> I'm just sitting here. Making sure you don't spill anything on me. Anyway, this has been Hunting Legends. It has a full-on lid. (laughs) I hope you guys have a great weekend. Have a great next week. Have a great life. Have a great Halloween. Say goodbye, Gabby. Goodbye, Gabby. (laughs) Goodbye. I need to get to the thing so I can actually close it. Do that again. Ooh. <laughs> One more time? No. <laughs> Goodbye.